Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Welcome to the Rust Belt Running Podcast. I am Adam Wheeler, and in this episode, not joined by Andrew Hedinger. A couple weeks ago, Andrew gave me the episode off. I went to the Elton John concert and had a great time. And in this episode, I reciprocate. Give Andrew the time off, let him spend some time with his family, and instead, I do this not quite solo. I bring in a friend, a good friend of mine, Natalie Romito, and we have a nice discussion here about nutrition. Nutrition for runners and just some different aspects of nutrition that runners should be looking at if they're concerned about weight loss or performance. Natalie has a degree in dietetics from Ohio University, and we really have a wide-ranging discussion here. We talk about macronutrient balance, which you should be looking to take in in terms of carbohydrates, in terms of proteins. We look at what you should be eating before, during, and after a run, and why uh, why eating at those times is important, what you're looking to set yourself up to do by eating during those different times. We talk about diets, uh, the vegan diet, the keto diet, the keto diet especially being all the rage right now, and look at what the implications of those two diets would be for performance, whether it's something runners should be looking at, should not be looking at. And we also just talk a little bit about her background as a runner, why she got interested in nutrition in the first place. Now, there's two things I'll point out to you in this discussion. One is that Natalie is a professional and she approaches this conversation almost as if she was consulting with one of her clients. And there are times where she talks about protein and carbohydrate intake in terms of like grams per kilogram and why you would want to be looking at those different equations. I do circle back later on in the conversation and talk about like if you have a runner that doesn't want to start, you know, looking at labels and counting grams, what are some basic guidelines that runners should be looking at just to make sure that they're getting a, a good balanced meal? And so we talk about that, make it a little a little more simple if you want to, if you don't want to get into the real kind of more detailed nutritional calculations. And then the other thing that really stood out to me from this interview is that it's a theme now in our podcast, something that Andrew and I talk about all the time, and Natalie brings it up on her own, and it just kind of stood out to me that you know, she brought it up on her own. There's no magic bullet. There's no single one way of doing this. Uh, there's no, if you follow this exact nutritional guideline, it is going to work for you every time and it's going to work for every runner every time. She really gets into the idea that nutrition, like everything else Andrew and I talk about, is really an individual pursuit. It's really something that you have to play around with, see what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and just really be willing to, you know, experiment and find out what's working and what's not working. So, without further ado, let's turn to my conversation with Natalie Romito. All right, Natalie, thanks for joining me tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful today. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing good. Um, I was thinking today, as I knew we were going to be sitting down to talk tonight, that you and I have known each other now for five years, and it sort of blew my mind because those five years have gone by really fast. That is true. I agree with that. I didn't realize it was five years. It feels it, like far, far fewer. I don't know. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to think about it too much. It's. I feel like as I get older, more and more time seems to feel like less and less time. And I don't know if that's just a sign of me getting older, or if it just means that I've got too much going on. 
But yeah, it was mm. it was just over five years ago that I started at Buka, and you were there. There I was, hosting of, my my little booty off. One of the few people I could talk to about things like this. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, Italian food has brought us together. Yes, that's the whole idea. <laughs> so you have a degree in dietetics. Correct. Where did yep. you get that? Where did you get that from? I got that from Ohio University. Okay. Um, and to become a dietitian, you then have to do an internship, which I did at Life University in Marietta, Georgia, so near Atlanta. Okay. And what uh, what made you interested in that? Well, I was interested probably since high school. Um, okay. I became more interested in nutrition just because I was in sports and I wanted to um, perform better. And that was kind of an area where I saw a need for improvement because I had never really had education on it. Um, so it kind of started in high school. I actually didn't declare my major in college until my sophomore year. Okay. And I kind of kept going back to nutrition. So it was like, I want to be a teacher and do nutrition, or I wanted to go into chemistry and nutrition. So it was always kind of like on the back burner. So eventually one day I was like, you know what? I think I should just go into nutrition. And here we are. I wish desperately that I could get the high school athletes over the years that I've coached to care at all about nutrition. <laughs> you you might be the first person that I've talked to who has said like back in high school, oh yes, I was very much improving my performance through nutrition because my my soccer players, their thing has always been like going to Speedway and picking up the giant, you know, slushy that they can get or going to Taco Bell or McDonald's and crushing 10 tacos or five Big Macs and, and just the coach in me just sort of screams and dies a little inside. <laughs> So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally crushed some Taco Bell in high school, too. But and who um, there was also that interest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who didn't? So you have in the past run. Are you still running? I have been struggling to get back into it since I sprained my ankle severely a little over a year ago. Okay. Um, I think I kind of have that. I had to be off for it was like nine months before I could even stretch my Achilles enough to be able to jog. Um, okay. cause it got so tight when I sprained it. And then when I started, I was like, Oh shit. Like I can't even run a mile. <laughs> like this is sad. So it's a little bit of that. Like, I know what I used to be able to do. And it just kind of ate at my soul. Like, Oh, it's, it's hard to get started again when you fall so far. God, does that, that speaks to me so much. I've, <laughs> I've, I've talked about it on the pod here in the last few months because I spent a good chunk of the summer hurt. And like I came into this year with, with very you know, lofty goals with, with uh, my marathoning. And I just, starting in March, just started dealing with like one little nagging injury after another. And it was all tied back to some weaknesses on my left side. And I finally just got to a point in mid-July where I'm like, no, I just got to stop. Like, I just, I was so mentally worn out just from, like, battling all these little things that I just, I think I spent three months not running at all. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally started getting back, it was exactly what you described. It was like, I know what I can do. I know what I have done in the past, but this is hell. Yeah. Like, just running a couple miles was this huge struggle. So yeah. I, yeah, that speaks to me. And I'm, I'm sorry you're going through <laughs> No worries. 
just gotta gotta get back into a routine with it yeah it's like slowly but surely you get there and you kind of remember what it feels like but yeah getting back into that is so hard yeah for sure so this is obviously a running podcast and Mm -hmm. with your expertise in nutrition i wanted to really kind of hone in on what you would talk about with runners if you were sitting down with runners so uh one thing you hear a lot about with the nutrition is is macronutrient balance what macronutrients you need to be getting in and if you were going to be sitting down and talking to a runner where would you really kind of take that conversation with them yeah so um i would start kind of with energy because that's what the macronutrients are there are different ways that um, our body gets energy so i would make sure that they're getting enough energy first of all in the form of calories and then i would kind of break it into um, the carbs protein and fat which are the main macronutrients that provide those calories Um, carbs and protein being the major ones that i would focus on for um, anybody who's interested in improving their athletic performance is there anything specifically, is there a specific balance that you would typically coach a runner to be looking for? Um, it depends on their goals. So um, for protein, for instance, if somebody is kind of at a weight they're looking to maintain, their protein needs are going to be a little bit lower. Um, and it depends on their weight. So it's all kind of individualized to the person. Um, but your protein needs will be a little bit lower. And that would be like... 1.3 to 1.7 grams per kilogram. Um, I think what happens a lot of the time is we forget about kilograms and the metric system and people use these same numbers for pounds and then you end up consuming more protein than you probably are going to be needing. Okay. Um, so converting your weight to kilograms is important for this, this type of stuff. But so somebody who is just maintaining their weight and just trying to make sure that they're maximizing the amount of muscle that they're building and maintaining as they're performing would need a little bit lower if somebody's trying to lose weight and they're actually consuming a little bit less energy than what they need they actually have higher protein needs because you want to maintain as much of that muscle as possible um so that would be closer to 1.6 to 2.4 grams per kilogram is kind of the general recommendation and over 2.5 grams there's really no advantage to that you're just kind of eating extra calories that aren't really going to be that much it's not really going to provide any extra muscle mass for you Okay. And you, you said there that somebody that's going to be losing weight is going to be uh, basically taking less energy than they would be putting out. Is that correct? Yes. That, that okay. is a formula for weight loss. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that's, well, you know, we'll jump into that now then because <laughs> okay. diet, just because diets are really, there's a couple different diets that seem to be the rage right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Game Changers came out the documentary and that really, um, put another light on vegan diets. Uh, I feel like I can't open anything on the internet without reading about the keto diet right now. Mm-hmm. So you just, you said that taking less energy or, you know, putting out less energy than you're taking in is the formula for weight loss. Yeah. With regards to diets, is there mm-hmm. a benefit to looking at a vegan diet, looking at a keto diet if you're a runner, or is this one of those things where it's like, I was in college when the Atkins diet was big. Mm-hmm. And you heard all about the Atkins diet for about a year and then it went away and then that was that. So is, are these fads or are these like legitimate diets that as a runner will A, you know, help you lose weight if you want to and B, can improve performance? Sure. So when it comes to 
the weight loss part of that question, I would say that you could eat any different combination of foods. Now, obviously, some diets are going to be healthier than others. But I mean, there's those uh, YouTube videos where people eat McDonald's for a week and they talk about the weight loss they have because they find that energy balance. They're consuming less calories and they're taking in and they see the weight loss as a result of that. Does not necessarily mean it's healthy, um, but it, it can be done on any any option. Um, and even like with the keto diet, a lot of the time when I've had patients on that diet, when I add up their calories, they're still at a calorie deficit. That's why they're seeing the weight loss. They just feel full because they're eating high fat foods. Now, the performance side of your question, the benefit of the vegan diet is uh, runners need a lot of carbs. And pretty much every protein source in a vegan diet, with a few exceptions, are packaged with carbs. So it helps people if they're meeting their protein needs, they're probably going to be meeting their carbohydrate needs as well, even though the needs are really high, Um, especially the longer runs people are doing. They tend to have a little bit more of a need. Um, Whereas with the keto diet, you're definitely going to be hitting the protein, um, but it also comes along with a lot of fats, and they're not always the most heart-healthy fats. And, um, so that could be an issue too, just cause somebody runs a lot doesn't necessarily mean that they're not getting that arterial damage that can cause heart disease in the long run. So that's something to consider. There is some evidence that people bring up about, you know, I've seen studies where the keto diet is improving cholesterol levels and those types of things. However, when I've looked into some of those, I guarantee you, I have not looked at all of them, but the ones I have looked into, those have been mainly plant-based keto diet. So it's still those plant-based fats tend to be a little bit better for heart health. Um, In addition to that, the other argument for the vegan diet could be that um, it is the only diet to my knowledge that has been proven to actually reverse heart disease and unclog arteries. So it could be almost like a protective thing. You're working your heart a lot. If you're an endurance athlete, you want that heart to get as much oxygen as it can. And if you're following the vegan diet, that could in theory help unplug those arteries, keep your heart healthy longer. So that could be an argument for the diet. It all depends what, what kind of uh, result you're looking for. Okay. You just brought up something that I had not heard at all with regards to the keto diet, which is that there's a lot of, that you're taking a lot of fat, which I did know. I did not know that a lot of those fats aren't considered necessarily to be heart healthy. And I think like as runners, uh, Andrew, my coach and I, we talk all the time about, one of the benefits of running is that every now and then we feel like we can eat whatever we want because we're running a lot mm-hmm. of miles. Not that we do that all the time, but that we do. And I had just not heard that one of the risks or one of the concerns of the keto diet was that some of those fats aren't heart healthy and that even though you're running high mileage as an endurance athlete, you could run the risk of still causing heart damage because of those fats. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I know he wasn't a runner, but the trainer, I forget his name, who did the biggest loser, he had a heart attack and he was, I mean, if you look at him, he's in great shape. Um, so all the exercise and all of that is protective, but depending on what types of foods that you're choosing, you can still, you're still running that risk and potentially causing that damage. Okay. So if you were sitting down with a runner mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll just, we'll not talk about diets now specifically, but just, you know, talking to a runner who just eats kind of a traditional American diet. Um, what would you say to them about what they need to be doing nutrition wise before a run, during a run, and then after a run? 
Yeah. So it would partially depend on what kind of runner they are. Um, If they're running shorter distances, it's a little bit less intensive. If they're running longer distances, they have to be a little bit more intentional about the foods that they're choosing, I would say. So um, when it comes to diet before um, you were to go run, it would depend a little bit on what time of day you like to run. If you like to run bright and early in the morning, you definitely don't want to eat like a full meal and then go run right away. So if you have, um, you know, less than an hour before you're about to run, I would stick mostly to fluids, something with carbs in general, you'd want to choose foods that are low in fiber, low in fat, um, maybe a little bit of protein if you can handle it, but mostly kind of simple carbs because those will digest easier. Um, before a race and you, you don't want to have things slosh around your stomach while you're running, whether it's a race day or, um, you're just training, it's not a good feeling to run on a full stomach. So you want to choose foods that are going to digest pretty easy. So it's, it's almost the opposite of what you typically consider a healthy diet. Normally you go for whole grains and heart healthy fats and all of that, but you kind of want to go with more of the simple to digest things, whether that's bananas or, Um, like a low fiber cereal or lower fiber bread, Um, those types of things will digest faster so that that carb is available right away to use during that run, but it's not sitting in your stomach. Fiber can sit in your stomach. Fat definitely will sit in your stomach. So if you have like a peanut butter sandwich, it's going to sit a lot heavier than if you have like just jelly, which is kind of a um, example that they might give as a high carb, easy to digest meal to have before a run. Um, during a run, if you're running in general, less than like an hour, you don't necessarily have to have, um, like carbs and that kind of thing during your run. If you're running further than that, you definitely want to make sure you're replenishing your carb stores, um, throughout the race or throughout the training. So, and that might look a little bit different for everybody, but people tend to do like sports drinks or the gels, that type of thing. And depending on how far you're running, that will kind of change what the recommendations are. So if you're running really, really far um, in the race, you might want to be taking in closer to like 60 to 90 grams of carb per hour. Whereas if you're running some shorter distances, like um, maybe a half marathon instead of a full marathon, maybe 30 to 60 grams of carb per hour would be fine. Um, You can go up to 90 if your stomach can handle it. But I know a lot of people are irritated by like the just the, how concentrated the gels and things are. Yeah. Um, and then after you want to make sure that you're replenishing all those carbs that you lost. So in general, to kind of replenish, you need a decent amount of carb. Um, for people who at kind of the day to day, they recommend five to eight grams of carbohydrate per kilogram. So it's going to be significantly higher than the numbers I talked about earlier for um, protein. So um, carbs can get pretty high. And some people even do like the carb loading where they go even higher, closer to like the 10 to 12 grams of carb per kilogram. But you want to do that a few days before so that um, it's actually kind of in your muscles ready to go. And then maybe like the day before, keep it high, uh, maybe closer to that 8 to 12. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to be at 10 to 12. 
Yeah, I, you know, we mentioned that we worked in an Italian restaurant together, and I used to chuckle every time I would see people come in the night before, like, the Cleveland Marathon, and they'd be loading up. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you've got to get that stuff digested and into your, you know, in your muscles well before this. Like, that's something you want to be yeah. looking at early in the week. Like, if you're looking to do it now, if you've been eating kind of a crappy diet until now, and now you're just trying to do this, it's it's not going to help you tomorrow. Yes. And that that's the other thing is you don't want to run a race on a huge meal that you don't usually eat because you don't know how your stomach's going to be affected by that. It, for anybody who's doing like a, an actual race or something, I would definitely make sure that on your long run days, you're kind of testing out what that pre, pre-race meal would be for the night before just to make sure it sits well. Um, and same with the things you might have in the morning. You definitely want to make sure it's something familiar so that you know that your body tolerates it well. You had mentioned during runs looking at getting carbon take somewhere around, you said, I think 30 to 60 grams. 30 to 60 for a shorter run, um, up to 90 if you're doing a lot of mileage. Do you know off the top of your head how many grams a typical like gel has? Hmm. I want to say 15 to 30, but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. Okay. It's one of those, like, I couldn't remember off the top of my head either, and I wasn't sure if you just happened to know. I know they usually... If it's over 30, I would be amazed, Um, but it's, I would guess it's somewhere around 15. Okay. So, if you were going to sit down with a beginning runner, and this is obvious, there's a lot of information that we could look at, Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to overwhelm somebody. If you're going to sit down with getting runner what would be like maybe the most important thing that a beginner who's just new to this would want to know like just the the most important nutritional advice they could take in to start running and get the most out of their running um i would tell that person and obviously it would depend on what their goals were and all that but in general um you want to have consistent amounts of protein and carbs throughout the day it's a really hard thing to kind of catch up on that Um, If you have a really low protein breakfast, it's hard to meet your protein needs the rest of the day um, because they're going to be pretty high for anybody who's training. So making sure that you're kind of spreading out your energy and your carbs and your protein with every single meal, having some snacks in there too, that's probably where I would start and then personalize those numbers for that person, um, depending on how far they're running and what their goals are and all of that. And also familiarizing people with an approximate metabolism. Everybody's going to be different um, and there's different ways to test what your metabolism is, but um, whether that's directly testing somebody or just showing them some of the energy equations, which can give you a place to start, um, getting them familiar with this is how much you would require, even including your running. Because I think a lot of people feel like they burn a lot more calories than they do, especially when they're first starting off mm-hmm. and they might overdo it on um, trying to balance those and then consume a little bit more than what they actually might need, which depending on their goals might not be ideal. <laughs> God, yeah, I. That's that's one of those things that I've learned the hard way throughout my running is that, mm-hmm. especially as my goals have gotten more and more specific, it's it's how easy it is to one think that you're burning off more than you think you are, especially like mm-hmm. after long runs. But two, realizing like how quickly you can start gaining and carrying more weight than you want to, sure, which ends up being detrimental to your goals and. You know, Andrew and I have talked, we, we talked about, uh, there was, uh, there's a runner named Mary Kane, um, who came out pretty recently and talked about how her coach essentially fat shamed her and she ended up, um, 
dealing with mental health issues because of it. And so yeah. we, we really stress this idea of not worrying too much, especially the sort of runners we are. We're recreational runners. There's nothing sure. on the line monetary-wise. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you do hear how weight is such a major concern for performance. We always we don't want people to freak out about it and overemphasize it, but also realize like you want to be smart about not eating too much mm-hmm. because it can be detrimental to goals. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is um, I used to work in weight management. So a lot of the people that I talked to who ran were trying to lose weight. And it's it's a really delicate balance because if you lose weight and you don't need to, you're losing muscle. You're de- I mean, ideally, you would just be losing fat. But if you're cutting calories too much and you're exercising a ton, you're absolutely going to be losing muscle, which is going to harm your metabolism in the long run. But it's also going to make you perform more poorly. You don't have as much muscle. You don't have as much strength. You can't go as long or as far or as hard. Um, so that's a big negative that comes along with not meeting those energy needs because you just can't perform because your body doesn't have that energy that it needs to do that. Um, so, and that's another thing I had forgotten to mention about the keto diet. It actually requires more oxygen to use that fat for energy than it does for carbs. So that's also something that can impair your performance when it comes to running. If you're following a low carb diet and granted, this isn't going to be 100% for everybody, but in general, um, you're not going to be able to run as fast because it requires more oxygen to get the same amount of energy compared to if you were using carbs as your energy source. Right. And granted, if you're running longer races like a marathon, you're not going to be typically in an anaerobic state for too long, but still like if you're running say a 10 K you're in an anaerobic state, you're not getting as much oxygen as you typically would. And so I'm guessing then you're not getting the bang for your buck with the fat that you're taking in. Exactly. So Either you're going to be running slower because the oxygen you are taking in isn't going to be as effective. You don't produce as much energy from it, or um, you're just going to gas out a lot sooner. Okay. If you were talking now to somebody not a beginning runner, somebody, Mm -hmm. say me, you know, I've, I've BQ'd for a couple of marathons. I'm trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon this upcoming year. If you've got somebody who is a bit more serious, a bit more experienced Mm -hmm. and is looking uh, to tackle a more strenuous goal, what sort of advice would you be giving somebody like me then? Yeah, I would probably give you a lot more specific advice as far as um, how much carb you want to have total per day, how to carb load, uh, carb load appropriately, and um, how much protein you need per day, how to spread it out throughout the day. Because that's it's important for carbs, but it's super important for protein because every time you're fasting, you're essentially you're going to be breaking down some protein. So if you're eating it throughout the day, you're going to maintain your muscle better. Um, So really just kind of maximizing what your body needs and um, making sure that you're maintaining as much muscle as possible as you're training, because if you're not consuming enough protein or consuming enough calories, you're going to lose muscle, especially with the length of the runs and that type of thing. So I would probably just be a lot more specific with, for you as an individual, this is a place to start. And then we're going to come back and see how you're feeling with this amount of carbs and this amount of protein and adjust it and personalize it as needed. Um, So I would talk about that for sure. I would also probably encourage, as you were saying, 
there's kind of that perceived benefit of I can eat whatever I want. You're also doing a lot more oxidative stress on your body than most people because you're you're breathing a lot more when you're exercising, um, yes. especially for long periods of time. So you would, I would definitely hit on um, fruits and vegetables and making sure you're getting those antioxidants in to kind of counteract yeah. that and make sure that it's something that um, isn't potentially causing damage. You've talked about um, grams per kilogram uh, with mm -hmm. regards to macronutrient intake. Is there, uh, for somebody like I, I don't, I can't say that I know too much about nutrition outside of a couple of different authors that I've read. And like, as I've listened to you talk about it, I've been writing it down, but it's also been my head spin just a little bit. Is there an easy way for runners to kind of get a, a general idea of how much they need to be taking in? Like, is it a situation where if you're going to be serious about it, you need to be looking at labels and kind of counting that out? Or are there just kind of some easy ways to kind of not necessarily directly nail the balance, but, you know, do it without having to worry about counting calories, counting grams? Hmm. Um, as a place to start, if it were somebody who just really – was not into the whole counting tracking that that level of it, I would probably um, make sure tell them to make sure that they have a high protein, high carb food at every single meal, um, okay. no matter what it is. And if they have a level of nutrition knowledge where they don't even know those, um, I would get into that. But in general, like protein, animal products are pretty much all a source of protein, except for things that are straight fat, like butter and cream cheese. Okay. Um, and then um, for plant-based proteins, that would be things like starchy beans, nuts, seeds, soy products, um, and whole grains. Those would be the major sources of protein in the plant-based diet. So making sure that you have those types of things, honestly, it would be kind of the diet you learned when you were young, you know, whole grains, food pyramid, almost kind of vibes, um, okay. making sure. Cause I mean, if you think of the, the old school food pyramid, that whole base is made of grains. Yes. That's where a lot of your carbs are coming from. That could be a place to start for people, especially if they're, um, more experienced runner have higher calorie needs and need that extra carb. Um, I would say start there and, um, make sure you're that, that they're also incorporating, some plant-based proteins and with their animal-based proteins just for diversity. Um, and, uh, just cause they're a good extra source of carbs for people too. Um, but I would maybe just have people start there. Um, and making sure that they have a fruit, fruit and vegetable, at least one or the other at every meal. Um, that could be a good place to start. Um, let me think about that too, a little bit more. If somebody is really visual, I would maybe do, um, trying to have a protein source that's about the size and thickness of the palm of your hand um, and having carbs at least a fist size portion. And this works out well because people with higher calorie needs tend to have bigger hands. Um, so they would have higher protein, higher carb needs. So it kind of goes along with that. So that okay. could be a place to start as kind of a minimum. Um, if you're still hungry, have a little bit more of the protein and carbs and vegetables. If you're not feeling that hungry, just try to eat those as a minimum. And that could be a good place to start for somebody who just really doesn't want to get into the counting and tracking, but they want to make sure they're eating enough. And then for somebody who wanted to take that next step, who is a bit more serious, are there any really good resources that you can recommend that people could search on their own that would kind of help them along that next step? Um, I mean, honestly, the, 
simple ones like uh, my fitness pal and that kind of thing you can adjust those to meet your actual like your specific if you wrote down the numbers that i had mentioned before get on google translate your weight to kilograms do that little bit of math and then you could set up my fitness pal you can adjust all the values so that the carbs and protein and um calories are kind of within that and just try to stick to that um and for calories, if you just look up like a calorie calculator, um, BMR, basal metabolic rate, is a place to start. That doesn't include any calories you burn from running. Most people, if you're like around 150 pounds or so, you'll burn about 100 calories per mile. Um, and that's just a complete like ballpark. Don't use that as like <laughs> definite, but right. it's, it's a good ballpark. Um, so I would add that on to that for your calorie needs. So you could kind of, if you can take that little bit of time to get those numbers I would just track it in one of those apps whether it's uh, my fitness pal or um, lose it even if you're not trying to lose weight a lot of them ask what your goals are when it comes to that kind of thing and it could just help you get more familiar with um, how many calories and carbs and protein are in different foods um, so that you are hitting those minimums okay and then the last question it's a little unrelated it was just one that I felt compelled to ask just because with the amount of information on the internet, you can find all sorts of stuff out there. Are there any <laughs> myths, myths that you see um, as a nutritionist that just absolutely drive you nuts? Like you can't believe these myths have made it so that people still believe these things. Hmm. Gosh, that's hard. Cause I feel like a lot of them lately are centered around some of the different diets. I would say, honestly, nope, I, I've got one. That carbs are bad because that's that's kind of what this the keto diet is stemming from is that carbs make you gain weight. Um, carbs don't make you gain weight. Excess calories make you gain weight. And sometimes the types of foods you're choosing make you more hungry, which leads to excess calorie intake, which leads to gaining weight. If you're choosing really simple carbs, your body digests them fast, you get hungry again sooner. Um, that tends to lead to weight gain for people. So carbs are not bad, I promise. Um, they're very nice. <laughs> and that, I love them. That's, your, that's your brain's favorite source of food. Um, and that's your muscles' favorite source of energy. So um, you want to make sure that you're getting those in. So I guess I don't want to say that I'm against the keto diet. I know it works well for certain people, but mm -hmm. for the majority of the population, I would say if they have goals that are performance related, they want to do well in a um, sport or they have weight loss goals, you want to do something that's realistic for you. And for the majority of people, eliminating carbs is not realistic. Um, so they are not bad. That would probably be my number one. <laughs> And when you say simple carbs, just just for my own you know, sure. my own benefit, what should I be avoiding then so that I don't get hungry so fast? So um, simple carbs are kind of carbs that were stripped away from a whole food. So if you think about um, like a whole kernel of grain, have you ever seen like barley or um, like farro, uh, yeah. the grains in the store? So those would be like the whole grains. They have the outer shell and the inner stuff all in one little package so yeah. a simple carb strips away that outer shell takes away the fiber strips away the germ that tends to be in like wheat or something like that um, which has some vitamins and some protein it just leaves the starch all by itself so it's almost like um when you get oil from olive oil you leave all the other fiber and all that kind of stuff you just take the oil out or mm -hmm. sugar they take 
all the carb out of the sugarcane plant. So they take away all that fiber. When you're taking away that fiber, things digest quickly and blood sugar yeah. spikes and then it drops pretty much pretty quickly afterward. Now, starches, it's debatable. If Some of them digest more slowly. So like if you drank a really sweet drink versus ate a potato with the same amount of carbs, your blood pressure or blood sugar is probably going to spike more quickly from the drink just because it's already into smaller pieces. Um, mm-hmm. the, the starch has to be kind of pulled apart, digested. It still happens somewhat quickly. So you want to make sure you're choosing carb sources with fiber if um, you are struggling with feeling hungry all the time. But the other thing is you might also be feeling hungry all the time if you're not getting enough calories in. Um, so that's where it can be helpful if you're really struggling to find that balance on your own to talk with somebody, um, just to have a different set of eyes, uh, talk with a dietitian who can give you a little bit more guidance on what might be going on for you. Okay. Is there, is there a specific fiber content that I should be looking like on a package so that I kind of know like what is a better carb for me versus what's a simpler mm-hmm. carb that's not going to be as good for me? I usually um, recommend trying to choose things that on the nutrition label have at least three grams. I think that's a good place to start for most people. Most men need about 30 grams a day. Most women need about 25 as a minimum. Um, Okay. And that's that's another benefit of the vegan diet, too, is that um, if you're choosing like whole food options, you tend to completely blow that out of the water. So that's why it tends to be a little bit more satisfying for people. Um, But... On the other side of that, it can make it harder to get enough calories in um, if you're not used to that extra fiber and that kind of thing making you feel full. So it's all a, it's all a nice, fun, balancing game for people. And it, honestly, if there was an easy answer, like everyone's nutrition problems would be solved and there wouldn't be 6,000 different <laughs> diets for people to choose from. Um, it is super individual. And I think that's what makes it difficult because either people are trying to figure it out on their own um, and don't talk to somebody who's a professional because it seems, I don't know, it's something that it's, it seems like it should be built in. Um, and everybody should know exactly what to do because everybody eats, you eat from the day you're born. So (laughs) why is this so hard? Um, but it's, it's still a relatively new science and we're learning more, more and more every day. Um, and it has not all been figured out and it is different for different types of people. So Natalie, this has been great. You have been great. Um, I learned a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm like jotting down notes here as I'm sitting here <laughs> talking to you. I have plenty of things to go look up now. So uh, just thank you so much again for coming on with us. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any follow-up questions, you know how to find me. I do. I do. I'll, <laughs> I'll actually be hitting you up with that. Awesome. All right. All right. Good chatting with you, Adam. Just want to thank Natalie one more time for coming on and having that discussion with me today. I found myself the entire time scribbling notes down, thinking of things I wanted to follow up on. And when we got done recording, Natalie said to me, hey, if any of your listeners have questions, things they want to send to her, she's more than happy to answer those questions. So probably the best way to do that will be messaging the show either on our Facebook page or our Instagram account, and we'll be happy to pass along your questions to Natalie and then getting back to you with whatever answers that she has. If you want to follow Andrew or myself outside of the show, you can find Andrew on Twitter or on Instagram at Andrew Runs a Lot. You can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Wheels Up and CLE. We're coming down now to the end of the year. 
And we have just two shows left. So we'll be back next week with our usual format uh, and true to form. Andrew and I have no idea yet what we're going to be talking about. We're actually trying to book a special guest for that show next week. So stay tuned for that. And then the week after that, the week of Christmas, we're going to release our holiday slash year end episode. We'll tell you who was on our naughty list and who was on our nice list for 2019. I bet Alberto Salazar features on there somewhere. And we'll also just look back at the year that was in running in 2019 and look ahead to 2020. It's going to be an Olympic year. we got the Olympic trials. And we'll also look at our own personal goals for 2020. We are, as we remind everybody, on most major podcast platforms. And if you would listen to us but have not yet left us a review, please take the time to do that. We do look at the reviews. We love getting the feedback. And it's just really a good way for new listeners to find out about us, to discover us, and start listening to us. That does it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. When you find yourselves out there running this week, folks, be sure to enjoy your miles.